1: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers.
2: Nathan McKinnon with his 31st of the season. It came on the power play. Avalanche lead the Coyotes 1-0 with 3.5 left in the first. Late in the third, Sabres trying to hold off a Devil's comeback attempt. It's 5-4 for Buffalo. Islanders and Blue Jackets, overtime looming. 4-4 with 28 seconds left. Islanders were down two going to the third. And the basketball story is an interesting one. Houston over Miami, 89-75. That's a five knocking off a one. San Diego State beating Alabama, 71-64. That's a five knocking off a one. There are no number one seeds left in the NCAA tournament. For the first time ever, All four of them have been eliminated prior to the Elite Eight, which starts uh, tomorrow. Two games tomorrow, two games Sunday to get us down to the Final Four for next weekend. So I welcome to the show, he's the general manager of the Edmonton Stingers, but in this context, more importantly, a former San Diego State Aztec, it is Steve Sir checking in. Steve, how are you
3: feeling, man? Pretty good you know i mean that, that that was all right we'll take it that was a pretty good win we'll take
2: tell me i mean and look it's it's been almost two decades since you went to san diego state oh, uh, like yeah. is it still you got to watch every game when they're in the tournament like how did it feel going because you know alabama obviously was ahead for a while right like how, how was your experience watching that
3: game Well, when Alabama made their push coming out of the second half, which you kind of figured they were going to do with as good as they've been the majority of the season, especially with how good they've been on offense, kind of figured they were going to have some kind of punch for San Diego. Uh, you know the Aztecs played a great first half. They kept the pace slow. They kept it pretty deliberate. They were really good on defense. I mean, the thing about San Diego State is they can really guard. Like they're big, they're physical, they're long, and they change a lot of shots. So the pace really suited what they wanted to do. So when Alabama got up about eight, you're thinking like, is is this going to be that thing where you know it gets pushed to double digits and then all of a sudden you're fighting back from a from a bigger hill? And I got to give San Diego State credit. That's the best I've seen them on on offense for an extended period of time in a, as high pressure a game as it was as I've ever seen them play. They they hit big shots. They were timely. I think they went on a 12-2 run. And, you know, their D was there, which is what has been their backbone. I mean, it's really what their identity is as a program, is defense and rebounding. But to see them hit those shots and to be as composed as they were down the stretch on offense was really impressive. Uh, it's it just such a, uh, a testament to, to how that program has grown and, and continues to evolve and the type of players that they've recruited there. They were just they were so tough and so impressive.
2: So here's an interesting thing if xavier beats texas not only would there be no number one seeds in the elite eight there would also be no number two seats <laughs> like what and, and it was funny because last week you and i were doing an, an interview while purdue lost to the number 16 fairly dickinson is it like, is it, does this say something about the, the parody in the NCAA, or are you going to be like, read, hold your horses, it's just an unpredictable one-game showdown, and that's what's happening this year? Like, how do you look at it?
3: Well, that is the magic of, of March Madness. It was just one game. Who knows if you played it back how it would go. But, you know, it, it, it's part of a, an interesting discussion, I think, once you start going down that rabbit hole, read is... With the new rules in the NCAA, with the transfer portal being as active as it is, you see a lot of these programs that have a lot of guys that are, you know, one-year transplants and one-year guys that are coming from somewhere else and didn't spend much time here. And you're seeing some teams really find some success in this tournament where you're hearing that they've been somewhere for a few seasons. They've developed some camaraderie and some chemistry, and they've really established a real feel for how one another plays. Um, You know, that all said – maybe it's just a blip on the radar. Maybe next year, all the number ones are in the final four again, and who knows, but it is an interesting thing to to look at when you kind of step back a little bit and see what's going on in college basketball is a team like San Diego state does have transfers, but they also have some four-year guys that have been there that have established themselves that know the culture and the identity of the program. And it, It'd be hard to convince me otherwise that that doesn't account for a lot when you kind of get into those foxhole games like it was against Alabama, where you got to really know the guys across from you, trust them, know if what they're going to bring to those high-pressure and high-intensity situations, because that's what it was. They they bothered Alabama on defense, and then they hit big shots when it came down to it on an offense. And I I really think that comes with culture, coaching, and trust. Okay,
2: and and you when I texted it about half an hour ago, if you could hop on, mm-hmm. this is. So this is the best a team from San Diego state's conference has ever done. Like anybody in the league has, nobody in the league has ever gone this deep.
3: That's right. So the Jeez. mountain West, they've never had a team in the, in the elite eight before. So this is the first time that a mountain West conference team has been in the elite eight. So for San Diego state to do this, they've, I believe they've been to the sweet 16 two times and came up at short. So this is the furthest they've ever gone, but this is the furthest their, their conference has ever been as well, which is an incredible thing for the mountain West. Cause it's, it's a great conference there's been a lot of good teams and a lot of great players that have come out of here but I mean for them to take that step especially beating a team like Alabama uh, who was the number one overall seed I mean it's just it does huge things for college basketball I mean and plus also I mean how, how can you not get excited and be romantic about this where it's you just never know it's why you play and it's why you roll it out and it's exciting to see and I mean for someone like me that has an attachment to the program and still knows those guys down there it's it's incredible to see, because it only comes from from hard work and, and the sacrifice that they put into building that program the way they want to build it.
2: And Miami beat Houston quite convincingly, I might add, 89-75. Yeah. Isn't the Miami coach the same guy that um, had that Cinderella run with George Mason 15 yep, years ago Nega. or so? Yep.
3: yep. That's the same I mean, guy, eh? Same th- yeah, same coach. I mean, same type of thing. If you get these guys and – That's you know another another interesting uh, foxhole to go down uh, with college basketball of coaches that have really been there that have coached in big games that you know have serious skin in uh, in this whole experience because it is one game but these types of games when you watch them of like the pressure the attention you know, all the stuff that is going into this and how that weighs on on a young college basketball player and a young college basketball team. Having an experienced coach like that, or or say with San Diego State with a guy like Brian Dutcher, who was Steve Fisher's lead assistant all the way back to the Michigan days in the early 90s. I mean, he has decades and decades in this game so i mean for him i know for a guy like dutch you're coming into this with a good game plan with a steady hand and you want to be the guy that the uh, the players when they get a little rattled to are, are looking at and trusting and you know to see coaches like him and and jim laranega lead it it's hard to believe it's an accident because those are the guys that have been in those fights and those battles before. So it's cool to see. It's great for the game.
2: Okay. Steve, thanks for hopping on, on, on short notice. I'll I'll let you get back to celebrating the uh, San Diego state victory. Uh, Well, if they keep winning, we'll have to get you on again.
3: (laughs) I I hope so. I hope we're talking on Sunday when, uh, when they got either Creighton or Princeton. I really do.
2: Right on. Okay. Thanks Steve. And of course, uh, all the best with the stingers. We'll be talking more about you guys as the season approaches. Thanks as always, Reed. Take care, man. Steve, sir, checking in. GM of the uh, Stingers and a, uh, yeah, a alum of San Diego State. So he's he's thrilled. They're going through to the uh, elite eight, and they're gonna. So they'll be favored because they're the five. Princeton and Creighton are playing. That's fifteen against six. So San Diego State actually is going to be favored in that game. Okay, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I don't want to hear about your bracket, by the way. Don't text me in about that. I, I assume it's it's been completely obliterated with all these upsets. You'll hear from Zach Hyman, and we'll name the animal.
3: Your home for all the news and expert opinion inside sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30, Chad.
2: What do we have here, Kellen? This
1: is a request by Eagles Larry. You want to hear it. Hicky bump, by the way, straight.
2: Eagles Larry. Where were you during the uh, NFL playoffs? Like in the Probably cheering the Eagles. I, I, well, I mentioned him by name during the postseason. Well, I love, I love Eagles Larry. The song. All right. Thank you for that request, Eagles Larry. So, tomorrow night Oilers in Vegas 6:30 face off show game at 8 here on 6:30 Ched The Oilers hosting their annual Pride game during the warm-up. The Oilers players will use Pride tape on their sticks. The sticks will be auctioned at a later date with the net proceeds donated to McEwen University's Center for Sexual and Gender Diversity. The NHL's United by Hockey Mobile Museum also stopping in ice district to uh, celebrate the game's trailblazers, changemakers, and business leaders. And uh, Zach Hyman today commented on the importance
0: of Pride night. Yeah I think it's extremely important. I've been an ambassador for you know for the community for a long time and I just feel like it's important to to show you know that hockey players care and that we're you know we're inclusive. Obviously there's a lot of things going around around the league with some guys choosing um, not to wear jerseys and whatnot. I just think it's extremely important that we make hockey a welcoming environment for, for everyone. Uh, and tomorrow is a, a big night to be able to show that. I think you know, taping your stick is a, is a small thing you can do to, you know, to show your support.
2: A little bit there from uh, Zach Hyman, and of course, there, you know there has been a story with James Reimer, uh, the the Stall brothers, some other players, who didn't want to participate uh, in terms of the teams who were wearing Pride jerseys. Now the others are doing Pride tape, which I think is pretty cool. And Pride tape started right here in Edmonton. I think that's a cool, very you know hockey-focused way to uh, to celebrate Pride Night with the with the Pride tape that's going to be on the sticks. And Hyman was uh, asked today about the players who didn't want to participate in their team's Pride nights.
0: Everybody. has their own personal opinion to me it's it's an obvious no-brainer if I was in that position I'd I'd wear one you know uh it doesn't go against any of my beliefs. It's, 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 you know, probably, you know, on the contrary, I think it's extremely important to be open and welcoming to, the, you know, that greater community just because you know, they're, they're a minority and they face a lot of persecution over the years. And to have, you know, to show that we care and that we're willing and ready to include them in, in our game and our sport uh, is extremely important to me. Like I said, it's, I just, I don't think, yeah, It's a hard question just because these people have their own personal beliefs. I I just don't agree with them.
2: All right, so uh, that's Zach Hyman. I I know there's been a lot of talk about this. uh, Other shows today on 630 Shed focused on this a little bit more. Uh, Look, if you've listened to me over the years, I'm not going to tell you how to think. I'm not going to tell you what you believe. I'm not going to try to you know figure out why somebody thinks this or thinks this i just think it was very intelligent what zach hyman said and to me it's uh in my in my opinion having a pride night or a night for any group of people or uh or event or whatever is not forcing anybody's lifestyle or beliefs on you it is about recognition and or inclusion and i think that's the heart of a pride night is just saying let's make hockey a place where anybody can play where they're not going to be ostracized or ridiculed or bullied because they might have a certain sexuality or skin color or set of beliefs To me, that's what it's all about. To the guys who didn't want to wear the jerseys, they have every right to do that. Now, we live in a world, though, of action and and reaction. And I also think people are are free to react to, uh, you know, people who make decisions in whatever way they want. I just think Hyman's comments were very intelligent. I mean, I think he puts it very simply when you you look at what he said. And... um, you know, again, to me, it, to me, it's about just saying, you know, is inclusion. And I, I know when we talk about something like this, we always get, well, what about this group? Well, what about this group? Why don't they get – why don't they get – you know what? Maybe someday they will. I mean, there used to not be Pride Nights. Black people used to not be allowed to play pro sports, hockey, baseball, or anything. So, you know, things, things do change, and uh, hopefully they change – in in ways that allow people to get involved and uh, feel like they can do whatever they want with their life and not be limited again because of sexuality skin color things like that that's that's how i look at it it's a topic that i i find makes a lot of people angry one side or another and, and probably i may i probably made some people angry just with what i said there but that's a little bit how uh, i feel about it all right on a much lighter note Kellen (laughs) Kennedy. It is time. What a transition. To go into the weekend or so. Oh, I hope this is a difficult one because we still got some time left. Well, that's okay. We got other things to talk about too. Uh, It is our award-winning segment. It is the thing that keeps driving me and keeps me going. It is a a little segment we call Name the Animal. Now, the rules are quite complex, so I'm going to try to re-explain them as concisely as possible, but you must listen carefully. Kellen Kennedy earlier today went to the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary, which is adjacent to the 630 Ched Broadcasting Compound. And depending on the size and demeanor of the animal, he either recorded the sound that the animal makes or he brought the animal back with him into the uh, control room. He can't tell me which because that might be a bit of a hint. He is now, in about a minute or so, going to either play the recorded sound of the animal or prompt the animal to make its sound into the microphone. Okay? I will then try to name the animal based solely on the sound I am hearing. Now, again, this is not a contest. You, you can call in, text me, tweet me, email me to help me, but you can't win anything. Maybe we'll send you a can ham if you're really helpful. This is purely for entertainment and, more importantly, educational purposes. Mm-hmm. Does that cover it, Kellen? Yes.
1: Uh, Just because we have a little bit of extra time tonight, too, I also want to add that you have two audio lifelines should you choose to use them as well. Oh, there's... So I, I will play the sound oh, effect. Wow. Okay, okay. I will play That's the sound fine. effect, and if you can't decide, audio you can just use a audio lifeline.
2: Okay, so I won't just wildly guess like I usually do. I'll try to focus my guesses and then ask for a lifeline. That's right. Because as we know, I've only gotten it on the first guess twice, walrus and mosquito. Yes. It's a couple other ones I got on the second or third guess. There have been some that we've done two-hour shows, and I still didn't have it. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe not quite that long. All right, without any further ado, our award-winning segment the lifeblood of this show name the animal the duck it is not
1: uh
2: it's a chimpanzee
1: it is not okay
2: wow that could be its <laughs> Hard, okay, eh? give, me, give me a lifeline. Give me an audio okay, lifeline. Okay,
1: so the first lifeline is the name of this animal was slightly... Oh, I thought you were going to play other animal I thought you uh, had more sounds. No, it's an it's, it's, it's audio lifeline. You got to listen. Here we go. Okay. Uh, so the name of this animal was slightly uh, tweaked in early, uh, I think in like the early 2000s, 2001, 2002-ish, for Billy Corgan's side project. You know Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins, well, right? yes, Uh he, here's, here's about 10 seconds of th- th- uh, their one hit song, and this album is terrible by the way, called Honestly. Here we go.
2: That's oh, not like, all I, I want to play. So I like how you put this together. <laughs> uh, I, I was never that big into Smashing Pumpkins, oddly enough, and I certainly don't know what Corgan did as a side project. So play the animal again. Sure, here we go. Okay, and then his band name had the animal name in the title, but it was spelled differently. Yes, it was, it was a slight tweak of it. Uh, banshee. No. It's not a banshee. Let me guess another animal. Uh, see, usually I start asking you if it has fur or stuff by now. Well, wow, that's a really interesting sound. Uh, a goose? No, it is not. Okay, give me another, another audio lifeline. Okay, so Adam Sandler
1: uh, references oh, this geez. animal in the epic comedy cult classic *Billy Madison*. Here is the line:
0: "Stop looking at me, Swan."
2: What's well, a Swan? It's a Swan. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah, that's, that was a giveaway. <laughs> okay, so I didn't do it too bad. Duck, and then Goose. I should have guessed uh, Swan. <laughs> That is a swan. They don't sound nearly as beautiful as they look, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, what a beautiful swan. Oh, my God, don't make that noise. <laughs> okay, well, Black Swan, I think, is a great movie. Yeah, that's a, that is a great movie. Is Billy Madison, I don't even know if I ever saw Billy Madison. That was That's an old one now. Okay, play the swan again. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Yeah, that's not, again, I, that's not what I would have thought a swan sounded like at all. And this all started with uh, an elk for the Edmonton Elks. It I, did. We didn't know what elk sounded like. <laughs> hey, what maybe we should
1: have called them the, the, the Swans, you know? Maybe what was the name of
2: us. Billy Corgan's band? Zwan. Z-W-A-N. Oh, I wonder how many people knew that. Probably quite a few. Probably at least three of our 14 listeners, I would say. Okay. Well, that was fun as always. I feel thoroughly enlightened. Blue Jackets beat the Islanders 5-4 in overtime. Jenner got the game winner on the power play 40 seconds in. Sabres hold off the Devils 5-4. Coyotes and Avalanche 1-1 after 1. McKinnon is 31st. Clayton Keller, what a player, his 35th of the season. Uh, As I told you in the NCAA, San Diego State and Miami advance. Uh, Princeton now playing Creighton and Texas playing Xavier. The Elks this week, live tomorrow from the CFL Combine. Morley Scott and Dave Campbell, 9 a.m., to 10 a.m. I will rejoin you at 6.30 for the face-off show. The game is at 8 Oilers and Golden Knights right here on 6.30 Chat. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, your animal wrangler. My name's Reed. Take care.